Welcome back to my podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. So you have just moved into your dream home or landed your dream job or gotten together with your dream partner or taken that dream trip or even won the lottery. And at first you were super happy, like euphoric even, but now you're all of a sudden feeling empty, feeling down, maybe a little depressed. And you start wondering, what is wrong with me? How can that be? You might feel ungrateful and start feeling guilty for not feeling as happy as you were just recently or as happy as you envisioned you would be once you were here. Don't worry though, you're not alone. We have all been there. And that feeling has a name. It's called arrival fallacy. Arrival fallacy operates according to the premise that as you work toward a goal, you come to expect that you will reach it. That's normal, of course. After all, I am the same person who always tells you very often (laughs) that you need to picture your dream life as if it had already happened. And that's a manifestation technique. And it's what you need to do to attract it. It's, It's actually what the law of attraction says you should do but you're also human and therefore subject to human emotions it's unescapable if you weren't subject to these emotions then you would no longer be here in this plane of existence you wouldn't even need to learn anything new human emotions dictate that expecting your goal's future success triggers the brain's reward centers producing a soothing feeling This feeling continues and you adjust to it so much so that when you meet your goals, they're less satisfying than expected. Psychologically speaking, a goal can give us a powerful sense of direction and order. It satisfies the natural desire for something to do and we can feel good as we progress and check off the milestones. But perhaps more importantly, Goals can affect our overall sense of connection and purpose. We assign positive attributes such as success, intelligence, perseverance, curiosity, independence, to being active or engaged in something. All this helps us feel that when we have work to do to achieve those objectives that we set out for ourselves, we also have personal value and a place or a role in life. We can even define ourselves by the work. And the evidence of that is really on how we respond when somebody asks what we do for a living. We usually say, I'm an attorney, or I'm a doctor, I'm a CFO, I'm a writer, I'm a painter, I'm a firefighter, I'm a marketer. Connecting a state of being with our job titles and not with the actual work activities. You know, saying, for example, I counsel, I heal, I organize, I write, I paint, I save lives, I market, etc., So what happens when the objective that you worked so long and so hard for suddenly is behind you, right? What happens? All those links disappear. We can't define ourselves the way that we did before. We suddenly have time that we don't know what to do with. 
you know, how to fill. We can't even periodically look in the mirror and pat ourselves on the back anymore. We question ourselves a million times in a million ways. It's often what happens to a lot of people after retirement or to an empty nester once their kids leave the home. It's actually what inspired me to do the podcast episode back two years ago when I had a celebrity client talking about the curse of the blessed. Because people who are blessed tend to feel like they can't complain about how, how they feel. You know, and a lot of times, one of the reasons they're feeling down is because they are so blessed, because they have achieved so much. And now they're going through a phase, a down phase. And you have neuroscience kicking you in the face while you're down. Because you see, the brain releases dopamine, which is a hormone associated with both motivation and happiness in anticipation of reward. So when you plan and know that you're going to work for something, you're in biological position to feel good. Each milestone gives you another dopamine hit, which makes you want to keep going with that job. I know that I get that when I start to plan a trip, you know, looking at places and hotels and restaurants and flights and then booking everything and then partaking in forums and reading other people's blogs and trying to come up with the best possible itinerary for the best way to make the most out of that trip. And then while on the trip, I'm in heaven. I love it. I, oh, I can't even describe it. I'm floating. And then I come back. And in other words, when you reach a goal... <laughs> that release of dopamine drops. It's harder for you biochemically to have joy. Grasping that anticipation of reaching your goal can release soothing dopamine. Sometimes people also experience what's known as this so-called arrival fallacy. And if you are ridiculously sure that you're going to reach the goal, which like I said, you should be because that's how you attract that to your life, then you essentially can trick your brain into behaving like you've already reached that goal. You've reached that end. And the work already seems done or like a mere formality. So dopamine starts to drop off before it otherwise would. And then when you actually get to the finish line, it doesn't feel as satisfying. In the worst case scenario, this can actually lead you to desperately hop from goal to goal. You know, hoping for something, anything that will make you really happy. It's how people get addicted to achievement. It's a chemical dependency, just like a drug. That right there is basically an order of bleak with sides of apathy, disappointment, and emptiness. Fortunately, though, since you are definitely not alone, the validation that this too shall pass, coming from other people's experiences, including your own, I'm sure, should help you get out of your rut. But if it isn't enough, then I am here to share you five ways to make that feeling go away a little faster. First tip, come up with lots of baskets. Because we usually associate the saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket with money and investment. But it's also true for goals. If you have other things that you want to achieve, and if you're working on several goals simultaneously, then when one project or goal gets done, you can switch gears and refocus instead of being empty. Even if you don't want to work on several things at once so that each goal can actually have your undivided attention, at least get started right away on the next task. So the sooner that you get 
your mind off of what's getting you down, the sooner that goes away. Which leads me to the second tip. Create sequence. If time or logistics mean that you can't invest in multiple simultaneous projects, then set out a logical sequence for what's going to follow your current work. You'll learn to mentally associate the end of an initial project with the start of the next, so that concluding the beginning um, work you know, feels more like a milestone rather than a total termination. So what you can do to make the transition between the projects as smooth as possible is like gather supplies or information as soon as you can, you know, just start working towards that next project. Tip number three, use the downtime after a major accomplishment to pause, you know, to reflect and to regroup. Sometimes when you finish something big and you don't really have any other goals, you can get overwhelmed wondering if you've peaked or if the time you spent was worthwhile. Take the time to look back and identify what you've learned and how you grew. Be specific about what you appreciated or didn't appreciate about the experience. And then take your growth and learning list and come up with a way to apply your new knowledge or skills. The idea, you know, just like with the sequencing above um, that I just mentioned, is to clarify that there is a link from the past to your future. This is a good time to rediscover your original purpose. It's easy to fixate on professional objectives to where you would lose sight of this, you know, just completely not notice this, but it can be remedied with simple questions like, what would I be doing if money wasn't a problem? Or when do I feel most alive? And that leads me to tip number four. Take time to remember who you are. Yes, of course, the goal that you had was part of you, but just one part. If you've overly focused on the objective, you've probably gotten out of touch with other parts of your identity. Think about the principles that you believe in, what you would do if you never had to work again, or when you feel the most excited. Look back at previous accomplishments, even keeping you know, a, a file or a log of your successes and in praise so that you don't forget your worth, you know, and the worth of your actions. Rejoice in your accomplishments. It's a good way to foster a grateful mindset. And last but not least, tip number five, mentor someone else. Generativity is the psychological idea that you'll pass on what you've learned to someone else so that they can achieve just like you did. When you mentor after a big goal and you share your insights, it's easier to feel like the work will be lasting and to have a real influence. If you have kids, that's just part of parenting somewhat, you know, it's part of your parenting roles. But typically, good parents also are mindful not to push their goals onto their children. So whether you are a parent or not, one good way to mentor is to become a big brother or a big sister in a local boys and girls club or to take in an intern or to start a blog documenting your life lessons or even to start a podcast like this one or write a book or even keep your eyes and your ears open so that if someone you know in your personal life circle or in your work life could use your guidance then you're there ready to help and there are other things to keep in mind as well for one we must all remember that success is fluid 
as is life. Life is fluid. It changes. What can be considered a great career for someone in their 20s or a great relationship for someone in their 20s might not be exactly the same or, you know, might actually look very different to what is a great career or a great relationship for somebody who's in their 30s or 40s or 50s and so on. Our individual lives are always changing, always evolving, and therefore so are our needs. And in that way, it is inevitable that we will always want to change on some level. We will always wonder what's next. We are alive to experience living, and living brings tons of blessings and tons of lessons. And just like in school, we move from one lesson to the next, and we only repeat the lesson if we fail to learn it. So your anticipation and excitement for what's next is in and of itself a sign that you are progressing, that you've learned the lesson, that your soul is developing and enriching. And our lessons are all custom-made. And that's why I always say there's no one-size-fits-all for success in life. Instead of buying in completely to society's dictations of what career milestones or relationship milestones or personal milestones you should have achieved at your age, define success on your own terms. Those terms may change daily or even hourly, and that is perfectly okay and perfectly normal. Remember, it's the journey that matters, not the destination. Enjoy the process, not just the outcome. Try to be attached to the present because the present is what keeps you grounded and it's the present that keeps you free from depression and anxiety. Because if you really think about it, thinking about the future, not knowing what's coming up next, thinking too much about it at least, will create anxiety because it's not completely in your control. And thinking of the past, as nice as that is and as healthy as it can be, can also be depressing because you're attached to something that can no longer be changed and that it's not coming back. So if you focus on today, on what's under your control, then you will start being present and fully enjoying the life that is ahead. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and for listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at highvibeadvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.